When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Woman podcast, actually now the What She Wants podcast, we have Demona Hoffman and Adam Wayne, and they are talking to us today about how to talk to women, how to connect, how to be playful in conversation. They provide exercises that they've done, little tricks and tips that they use to better their own skills as well as their conversation skills for clients that they work with. So keep listening if you want to find out more about how to talk to women and create attraction. Keep listening. It is what she wants, so it's formerly known as Ask Women, and I'll make my joke that I made before when we started recording the first time, and it was on mute, but possibly this will be the Marnie Kenner show very shortly. Um, Kristen is sadly not here today. I don't know if you've heard about it in the news, but her co-host, um, the amazing Stevie Ryan from her other podcast, uh, committed suicide recently, and Kristen is not um, very happy about that, obviously. So she has taken a little bit of time off so that she can collect herself and do what she needs to do. Um, but if there is a way for you guys to send her some love through her social media or, you know, write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com and just send some nice messages to her, that would be awesome. She's, again, having a hard time. But uh, she will be back next week for sure. Um, but I have two wonderful people sitting with me right now to, to go back to a positive side. Um, I have Demona Hoffman sitting with me who has been on the show many times before. Uh, and I have Adam unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Wayne. Nice Adam to be Wayne. with you. So yes. happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to have you yeah. here as well. So I, people know Demona. I know, but I want to hear, uh, Adam explain who he, he is, how I know him and what he's been going through in, in like two minutes or less <laughs> if possible. Cause I want to get to our good topic of communication. Um, but I want to hear about you and who you are and what you've been going through. You know, you guys out there don't know Marnie's dark side. Years oh, ago, she was a totally, totally different person. And that's when our paths mm-hmm. crossed. And we can't really go into those details. Maybe at the end of the show. A kink studio? You know. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later. But uh, Marnie and I, we've been friends for quite a, a while now. And really, where I came into the picture... I've always been a designer all of my life, and how I've used that has been film, television, internet marketing, everything across the board, but the, the commonality is always design, and that's how we met, because mm-hmm. we started talking over a design project, mm-hmm. and then we became friends after that. Mm-hmm. So look at what happens. You know, If you keep your options open and don't follow through with expectations... Yeah, you get I to sit in my, on my floor in the basement. We can be on this the garage. really... You guys don't see this as an... you got to p- take a picture of this really great rug. It's very comfortable, yeah, actually. Yeah, sure. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, good for your back. But then years later, look, we've developed this really great friendship, so you yeah. never know where things are going to go. And yeah, I think absolutely. that's one of the magical things about life is that if you let go of expectations... You know, everybody talks about this. You know, this is just... I don't know, in 2017, everybody's talking about expectations, but if you actually try it... 
it is the most fascinating thing that will ever happen to you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And tell me a little bit about your podcast and the journey that you've been going on recently. So Marty was actually the first guest on my podcast and that was a huge, I'm so grateful to you for, for having taken that chance and being so kind because sometimes when people come on, they want it to be, you know, to the second, they want to know that you have all the kinks worked out of it and you just, you rolled with every punch and you just made it so much better. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing about it is that as I've looked back on all of my guests, they are all contrarians. And if you think about what a contrarian is, is they offer you advice that doesn't seem like it will work. It seems like it's not okay at first. It seems like it's okay for this person, but not everyone else. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got to get outside of yourself. And over these podcasts that I've had, I've talked to people that are writers in the film industry, people that are just random Joes that don't really want any kind of notoriety whatsoever, but they always tell me something, a point of view that is so outside of the norm that it really makes you think, and and you want to dismiss it at first. And so if you can kind of take it in, if you can accept it, don't just say, this is a horrible idea. This will never work because it's working for somebody. And a lot of the advice that you've given to people over the years, it may seem too good to be true. Like OSA, yeah. for example, that's mm-hmm. something that we talked about quite a bit. And with OSA, I've always hated the idea of approaching a woman because I don't want to put out a line. That's not me. And, and if that's something that works for whoever's out there, that's great. I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a great approach, but I wanted to be more authentic. And you taught me with mm-hmm. OSA, OSA rather, that to find something I find interesting in whatever that exchange is, whatever that other person is. So you coached me through that with it. It's a very simple three-step process and it seems too simple. Right. It does. It's because it seems scary in the very beginning. So OSA is my method for starting conversation. Observe, share, and ask a question. And typically when you don't know how to do something, it becomes very overwhelming, scary. You see other people doing it much better than you and you say, oh, I can't do that myself. It'll come off false or fake or creepy if I try to apply the same knowledge to me because I don't know it yet. Same thing with riding a bike, playing tennis, whatever it is that you start doing. You're not at the expert level yet. Um, But once you can actually practice it and get over and work through those kinks. See, I'm using kinks several times. Um, (laughs) I planted that seed. (laughs) Yeah. Then then you can actually own it, make it into your own, and then tweak it as needed. So I love that you brought that up because it leads me into what I wanted to talk about today, which is talking to people and talking to women and communication. And so Demona is actually doing a show right now that is coming out now or no? Mm -hmm. Okay, it is out. Yeah, July 11th. Yeah. uh, Every Tuesday. Starting Perfect. July 11th on FYI TV. Perfect. I'm hosting a question of love. And in the series, it follows three couples who are all at a turning point in their relationship. They've been together about a year and they make the decision to move in together for 30 days and ask each other and honestly answer a series of deep, dark, probing questions that will illuminate what the issues are in their relationship. And then they get to work with me through the 30 days on solving some of those problems that come up and determining whether they're really meant to be together or if someone needs to move out. I love that. I think that's amazing. So communication (laughs) is key. But so you talked about communication from the beginning stages of approaching and you're talking about communication deep into a relationship. So for both of you guys, what are the key elements of communication, whether you're 20 years into a relationship or you're just approaching somebody on the street? Like what are things you can do 
or things you should know um, in order to be a great communicator? Well, I think you brought it up, and I want to throw this over to Demona, but you talked about questions. And one of my favorite authors is Tim Ferriss. So I'm going to credit him with this. He said, your life can be measured by the quality of questions that you ask. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love your approach with this because a lot of times I remember in some of my previous relationships, I didn't ask those really key questions. They were kind of looming around in the back closets of my mind. Like, what if, what what do they think about this? Do they like that? You know, it's the things that I didn't want to really ask. So I'm I'm fascinated. Would you, will you tell me some more of these? (laughs) Do you have a set of, of your go-to questions that you, we don't have to give anything away in the show, but do you have like that core set of questions that you throw at me almost every situation? (laughs) Yeah. It was sort of inspired by the 36 questions that lead to love. So this was a study that was done in which two strangers met and were given a series of questions that escalated an intimacy to answer. And by the end of the 36 questions, the the two felt bonded. And so it was dubbed by the New York Times as the 36 questions that Mm -hmm. lead to love. So these, these are not the same questions that come up in a question of love, but it was sort of the inspiration for the series. And we thought if that happened to two strangers, what would happen to two people Mm -hmm. in a partnership if they asked the questions that they were afraid of? But I would say, Adam, the reason that most people don't ask questions is because they don't want answers. So my advice for communication is to first let go of expectation. We were talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. When you have an expectation of what you want the outcome to be, it colors the way you ask the questions or the questions that you ask. So, and one of the keys of this series was for them to honestly answer the questions and therefore for their partner to be open to hearing whatever comes out of their mouth. And sometimes the answer is not pretty. And sometimes it makes them have to reflect on things that they're doing that they need to change. And sometimes it makes it clear that that person is right for you. But if you don't ask the questions, you won't get the result that you're looking for. Right. And hopefully the person on the other side of the question is giving an honest answer as well. Because um, communication is a two-way street, but I think that it's absolutely important to get those questions out of the way. So let's take a step back and go to where most of the guys are who are listening to this podcast. They're in the beginning stages. So what would be two great questions that a guy could ask a woman in the first five minutes of interacting that would get them to go to that deeper level and get them to see something interesting about that girl without feeling too, you know, hippy dippy as you're overwhelming. I have one mm-hmm. and it's followed up by a statement and that's why and tell me more. Okay. So why do you feel that way? And then tell me more because what I find a lot of times is people just want to get to the point, you know, just give me the end result. But a lot of times, if you kind of give them some direction, so if you're, if you're speaking to a woman or a man and they're telling you something really interesting, then, then help them understand that you're interested. And I, I find that that's something that's missing a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you feel that way? And then tell me more. Okay. Give me a little bit more. So don't just tell me you like blue. Why do you like blue? Well, you know, I, I really liked this blue doll when I was younger, or this blue stuffed animal, and, and it just it, it connected with me. I got it at Toys R Us. My mom took me there, and that was our, our thing to do on a very special time, is go to Toys R Us, and she let me just have free reign, and we destroyed the store, and it was awesome. Well, that could okay. be the why. And I don't know. That might be a memory that I don't remember, but whatever. <laughs> and then tell me more if that's something that you're really interested in. Okay, because curiosity. Because people want to know that somebody's curious, because otherwise... 
you might feel like there's not a connection, but really there is. So I, I find that a lot of people don't say those two very things is yeah. why and tell me more. Well, it's funny because on the flip side, I advise guys to ask themselves that question whenever they're saying some to, something to a woman, because typically men speak in headlines, right? Like I like dogs. I like <laughs> blue. And so I tell and just them, be silent. Just, just, right. I like blue. And then just, and just be silent. And then like, that's what a lot of dates end up being. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why they're not going forward. Right. The exactly. second and, and I know yeah. that you teach people about this all the time, but typically I tell them after you make a statement in your head, say to yourself, why, why did you say that? Why did you tell people, why did you say that my favorite, my favorite color is blue? Why do you believe that your favorite color is blue? And then they can use the magic word, which is because, because, because actually triggers you to expand on what it is that you're saying and go internal for a second and think to yourself, why the hell did I say that? And why is it so important to me? And anytime that you get somebody to go to that level where you're looking inside yourself, it also gets them to feel more comfortable with you. They feel like you've shared something with them and they feel more connected to you. Not saying that's going to happen every single time, because as Demona said, sometimes you might realize that story is bullshit to me. And I... <laughs> I don't care what you, where you found out with the color blue. And that, but that can help you decide whether or not you actually have chemistry rather than just exchanging bullet points to people. Right. And if you share a story, that really allows them to develop a connection with you. So here's one of my secret tips. Oh, I want to hear it. Love it. Bring it. I always encourage my clients to ask questions that get someone to tell a story. Okay. So rather than saying something like, what kind of music do you like? Which basically will end up being, you know, two or three statement yeah, country uh, response. Yeah, yeah, country polka. <laughs> Check, please. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> instead of doing that, say, "Tell me about the first concert that you went to." Ooh. And especially when you share a story from your childhood or a story that has a positive memory associated with it, it allows that person to hook into that that positive experience, and then it it actually triggers hormones of bonding and making them feel like a part of your history and a part of your future. How do you? How do you? put those questions into the conversation and make it seem kind of smooth. Like, to be honest, if I was sitting across from somebody who was always saying, so tell me about the first concert that you went to. Like that is in my mind, that's how I hear it. And it sounds not arrogant, but it sounds, um, it's just not organic. Yeah. It's yeah. It sounds, yeah. It sounds false. And it sounds like, Oh, I'm your guru. I'm your mentor trying to pull something out of you. How do you work? <laughs> it is kind of, like, how do you work that into the conversation as a normal person who's not, you know, working the way that we are working with individuals? Um, you have to look for connections okay. in conversations. So when there's a, um, there's a nugget that's dropped, you've got to pick it up. So if she's talking about, oh, I was listening to this music in the car, that's your opening to ask a question like that. It can't be just out of the blue, but then you have to follow it up with the listening that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I think a lot of men get stuck in conversation. They know the questions to ask, but then the question is asked, there's a response, and then the ball is dropped. They stare at you. Yeah. Go, uh -huh. you have to, Next question. Yeah, you right. have to hit it back. So try to listen as she's talking and find something that you connect to that then will inspire a story that you can tell. Because really, if you're in an organic conversation, it's not like question, response, question, response, question, response. It's a question, fun. response, story, story, question. And so you have to... And this is something that takes practice. You have to get into 
the the flow of it's like a tennis match and, yeah. and you're not going to use the same swing every single time you're going to follow where the ball goes right. exactly absolutely yeah. well so osa actually that's a way to practice it and i have a video that i just posted on youtube that teaches you how to actually practice using osa so that you can do it on your own before you start using it on women just ways for you to walk down the street and make observations to yourself and for yourself and then attaching stories to them so that you feel like you're armed with conversation skills before you actually go out and you practice it with women. Or you can go out and practice it with women if that's how you want to do it because there's a million women everywhere and you're not going to fuck up if you you know, practice on three women before you get it right. One of the things that Adam said he wanted to talk about on the show as well, which ties into communication, is about playfulness. And we've talked about that on our show recently, being playful and teasing. And so I want to hear how to learn how to be playful, because you were just talking about conversation, threading, listening, and having you know conversation with people. But you also want to add that element of fun and engaging and playfulness into the conversation so that attraction can be felt because if it's just conversation and yes, listening and, and asking good questions is wonderful. Um, but a lot of times guys go on dates and they do that. They listen, they ask good questions, they tell their stories, they have nice exchanges, they maybe laugh with each other, but there still isn't attraction being created there. And the element that adds to possible chemistry and attraction is playfulness and teasing. So how, how do you sprinkle that in and how do you learn how to be playful if you're just not naturally a playful person? I remember that one of my coaches told me once to go find kids because I don't have kids of my own right now, but to go find a friend that has kids. Okay. Not a weird ice cream man I know, type of way, like, right? Where I'm driving down story. and I've got the, the music Go find playing. a child <laughs> and practice your dating skills. Exactly. He said, go find a friend of yours that has really young kids. Maybe not newborns, but you know, around the age where they really start playing mm-hmm. and playing in a very hard playful type of way where they lose themselves. Mm-hmm. Why did we stop doing this? I don't know. I question that every day when I look at my son. I'm like, why do I not want, why do I not want this anymore? And you, then I realize it's because I'm freaking tired. Well, there's that. <laughs> I am. But there's there's so much freedom in that reckless abandonment that they have. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just out there looking to make anything more interesting. Mm-hmm. So that became really, really fascinating to me. And lo and behold, you know, it's funny when you're when you're ready. Sometimes the answer arrives mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine recommended that I take an improv class. And this was down in Orange County, California. Now, whenever I say improv, there are a lot of misconceptions. There is the improv here where you're recording in Los Angeles where they do primarily comedy shows. Right. So that is not improv. That is scripted comedy. And I am really, really in awe of anybody that can do that because that is very hard to go out there and put yourself in front of an audience that is just has daggers for you at times. But improv... Improv is something totally different because you don't know what you're going to be doing. So when you show up at this date, at this meeting, at this job interview, at your family reunion, holiday parties, whatever, you don't know what's going to be thrown at you. And that's part of the reasons why I think some people don't want to get in those situations because they like knowing exactly what's going to happen. They like knowing how their responses are going to be. And that's very formulaic and it's kind of where the mundane starts to creep in, at least in my life. So what this improv was, was you're thrown into a situation that you do not understand what's going to happen, and it's your job or opportunity, however you want to look at it, to co-create with somebody else. So I I took this improv class, and they said one thing, and it's funny because Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, 
Tim Robbins, everybody says, even seasoned performers of improv, break this one and one and only rule. And that's to say yes and after whatever you choose to. So if you were to say, I really like ice cream, then all you would say is yes and I really like ice cream with cookie dough in it. And then you could say, yes, and I like cookie dough when I was younger and I like to throw it at my brother. Right. And yes, and I used to beat up my brother because I like the sound of, you know, when Indiana Jones hit somebody. So I wanted to see if that sound resonated and then going on and on and on. And one of the stories that they told us, one of the exercises, the games, and I've heard some people talk about this on your show and, and other shows about the game where you go and, and kind of assess where somebody is at and what they're doing and, and kind of come up with a whole story. Well, you can do this, but you can do this with somebody else where you basically just add on to it. So you could say, you know, what, what's your favorite vacation? And then you play along with it. It's like, what are we going to do this weekend? Well, we're going to go to the beach. Okay. Well, yes. And we're going to go to the beach and we're going to go surfing. Yes. And we're going to go surfing and we're going to ride a dolphin. You know, and then after a certain period of time, it just goes to an area where you never even expected it to go to. And it is one of the most fascinating things. So all too often, what do you hear is no but. I mean, all the time, look throughout your day, this week, whatever it is, and see how many no but conversations come into your life. So if you do try one thing, and, and this is all positive, everything about it, you don't have to agree with what they say. So if they say something you know, I, we're not going to get into political talk, but you know, sometimes in these conversations, it goes political or into something that you definitely disagree with. You don't have to agree with what they say. You just have to accept it and then push it forward. And so it's funny because when you watch CNN or all these other shows or, or even your new TV show that, that you're working on, you have contributors, right? So those contributors, you want them to add something to the conversation, right? You don't want to just sit there and say, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's not it. That's Yes. But without the comma and the end. Right, you're adding to it. You want somebody to add to it. So when uh, when we were working on our first podcast episode, you and I were talking about how you liked to have conversations. And you said you wanted it to be more back and forth. You didn't want it to just be answer, question, answer, question, which is what you were talking about before. That becomes stale. So this yes and, it kind of allows you to go with it. It allows you to co-create. And that idea, again, these are all buzzwords that people throw out, but, but how do you actually get to co-creation? How do you actually get to a moment where you've got that flow? Yeah. And this yes and is the coolest thing. So today, this is so easy. Whatever you're doing right now, the next conversation that you have, just say yes and. And just come up with whatever. The other thing is no criticism too. Is like mm -hmm. if you come up with something, you're not sitting there and going, awesome and this has to make her laugh and this has to be you know it's funny because the funny comes from it being honest and emotionally relevant so you know if you look at jerry seinfeld a lot of his comedy was just dead on you know it's the most simple things but you just looked at it and you said yes that is exactly it and i've sat after meetings all sorts of things i was i was having a meeting with some friends that all knew the improv mindset Kind of helps if you're all on the same page of the two, because otherwise somebody throws in the no button and kind of like screech to a halt, you know, like they throw in a no button. You're like, no, we were playing a game here. Let's, right, exactly. let's go on. So, you know, maybe stop and be like, hey, next time just say yes in and let's, let's all play along. But we ended up staying outside. It was in the cold at like 10 o'clock at night after the meeting for about a half an hour afterwards, because we were just throwing out whatever came to mind and we were yes anding each other. 
And it was the most bizarre conversation ever. And we were laughing so hard that the security came over and said that we were bothering other people. And we were just having joy. That's all it was. But so, yes, and how do you do that with somebody who doesn't know how to play the game? And how, how do you do that so that it doesn't have to be a part of a game? It's just a conversation. So, for example, you're on a date. I'm sure you've gone on dates recently. Um, and you guys are just having a conversation. How do you inject that playfulness without continuously saying, yes, and, yes, and, because I would get annoyed by that <laughs> if I was on a date. And I'd be like, what? Why does he keep saying that? Or is he making fun of me? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know the things that I would be thinking in my head. It would just seems like there's a disconnect between us. So how do you take that exercise that you do and use it to learn how to be playful in conversation without using that yes and wouldn't that be super crutch. awkward if all you hear back from the person is yes and <laughs> yes. yes and it would you'd start a little game of uh, of hangman isn't that the the game in the past where oh, yeah. you, you do the little tick marks and yeah. you try to get to that I would say word. yes That's and I'm out of Yeah. That's all I would say. Like, I wanted to stay with this weirdo. All he would say was, yes, and. In Toastmasters, they've got him. a bell when you when you say, ah, um, so, he knows, whatever yeah. it is. And you hear the bell going. So I can only imagine you're in a dating situation. And you just hear this little bell on somebody's phone. It's uh, like, I've literally had enough of this. Yeah. So yes, and comes in a lot of different ways. It okay. could be, that's correct. And then just add something else. It's just basically all well, you where's do. Where's the playful part? Because that that's just leading to more conversation. Okay. So for you. Do you want to do it right now? I will in one second okay. with you, but like for you right now, you're having all these amazing things happen yeah. and it's, it's very deep and spiritual. So how do you then, if you're on a date with somebody also have some light playfulness mixed in? Cause it's, it's like a balance Okay. because too much of anything is never good. So if you're just telling somebody like you started out the show saying something and, and we all want to send our love because sending love is also a really, really important combination. Even if you don't know these people who Marnie's talking about, just taking a moment and just saying that has a huge impact. Just thinking to yourself, I'm going to send love to these people that are going through this tragedy. And then you pivot it, right? So then we moved on with the show and, right. and we're talking about a different concept. So there's never going to be just all levity and then all seriousness. So there's going to be moments to it. And the other person doesn't even need to know that that's what you're trying to do. And it's not even like you're trying to do something. You're just trying to engage them and add some playfulness into it. So it might be just saying yes hand to one thing and then maybe saying something that you think would be bizarre or, you know, off the wall or whatever's going through your imagination and then see what they say. And then if they want to play along with the game, if they start responding to it, then you know that you've maybe got some of that chemistry. So, you know, I've had those instances where somebody just stays very stone-faced. They don't want to play along. Right. And I know that that's, this isn't maybe going to be a good match. Right. Because they're not being playful in the way that you like it. And, and they don't, yeah, it, it's yes not that and. they, yes and, yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you. See, we're, we're already learning here. <laughs> yes and. and, and that's what's so key is that you want to be around a like-minded person. Mm -hmm. Now you can kind of like, you can be a leader, and you can kind of show them that that's what you want. But otherwise, you know, we have really dark lives sometimes. Like you, you talked about what just happened. That's a really, really dark event. Mm -hmm. Something's happened at work. Really, really dark, right? Like people's negativity will suck you up and take you down. So it's kind of everybody's responsibility to do something other than that. So, you know, we all talk about wanting to be positive people. Well, this is something that you can do that doesn't hurt anybody. Right. It's not planned. 
and just playing a game so with yourself. I do want to take a quick break, and we will be back after this. Back, so I want to continue because Demona had something to add in to the conversation about playfulness. Yeah, they say that uh, comedy is just tragedy plus timing. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't worry too much about what what you're saying, whether it's positive or negative. But I think what Adam was saying is with improv, you're affirming what they say. And then moving the ball forward. And I actually have a, an improv coach that works on my team as a flirting coach. And the reason that I use improv is to teach people to listen and respond honestly and stay in the moment. Because so many times, especially on a first date, people get way too far ahead of themselves. So they're sitting down thinking already, like, can I see myself sleeping with her? We like, have kids together. We have kids together. <laughs> and nobody's actually in the conversation that's that's happening. So I think the more that you can do that, you can't control what what she does, but the more you can stay in the moment, that can bring her into the moment as well. And improv is also great for teaching body language and how to, to really just be comfortable in, in your own body. And I find with a lot of the men that I work with, that that is a, a big issue for guys that not a lot of people talk about. We talk about body body image issues for women, but nobody talks about how men also feel uncomfortable sitting across from a beautiful woman or like, where do I put my hands? Does this look okay on me? Yeah. So if you practice some of these, these, these improv techniques, and I mean, you can get any improv book or you can find basically in any city, there's an improv class that can really help you be comfortable in your body. And when you're comfortable as you, that will attract more people to you. That will attract the right women that will Definitely. find you. Attractive. I, I want to have your flirting coach on our show one time because I think that would be really interesting to hear like how people actually learn how to flirt or what exercises yeah. you can do. You were saying something, Adam, about um, going and you know watching kids at a park or something. No, funny. <laughs> something creepy. About... <laughs> like super creepy about stalking. I've traveled a lot, so yeah. I have some free time every once in a while. I find a good park. But I, but I, I do find it interesting because um, one of the exercises I have in my programs uh, when it does come to flirting is the shadow game that I tell people to do just to like let that silly side of themselves out where with their friends or even with girls that they're interacting with on the street just play the shadow game like you played when you were five years old where they would say something and then you'd repeat it back to them so if they said stop talking to me go stop talking to me <laughs> that, that like triggers that playful button to show you what it's like to be playful with another individual and I get that maybe they may, may not take that in so well but it is kind of goofy and fun on their side and if it is the right person for you they're gonna kind of, they're gonna understand that so it's anybody. a way to get that playful button that playful i don't even know what to call it the i don't know playful exercise you can do with somebody to figure out how to get that mentality of being playful so that you know how you're feeling and thinking when you are being playful with somebody where it's not to hurt them it's to, it's to kind of to poke at them a little bit and just say like i'm playing with you right now play back with me like you were when you were a child. And hopefully for most people, that game will tap into that childhood memory of yours of playing that game. And then there could be some fun exchange that happens afterwards. But at the very front end of it, it's still getting that practice in to do it. I was listening to the radio once, and it was a call-in show, and they were calling in. It was a game that they wanted to set up a, a singles party. So they were basically having a bunch of people come on the radio and they would prove themselves to a woman or a man respectively. So if it was a woman, there would be maybe five callers that would call in and they would pitch themselves to this woman, not to date the woman, but the woman was the gatekeeper to the party. So she was the, 
she was on the side of other women at that moment saying, right. these are the guys that we want to be there. And so many of the guys said, and this, this, I've said this in the past a long time ago before I, I knew improv is, you know, I want, I, I think I'm a fun guy. What does that mean? What does it mean to be fun? Well, it means that you practice fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what this playfulness is. Whether you do the shadow game, whether you come up with like yes and, whether you do any of these types of things, there's also game questions. There's a lot of fun things that you can do. It, like I said, it obviously helps if the other person's in on the joke. Right. But if you start doing this, be a fun person if that's really what you want to be. And you know, the neat thing about this is that it's a great thing to do with anybody in any situation at work somebody that you don't know at Starbucks, whatever it may be, and look at Osa. So yeah. just take exactly well, what you've got here. Yeah, when I when I first started getting over uh, my shyness hump, I gave myself scavenger hunt lists of things to do. Or I wasn't really hunting for anything, but like a list of things that I had to do before I was allowed to go home. So I would have to go up to a person and curtsy in front of them, or I would have to go <laughs> to a person and sing in front of them. And the, for me, what those was your were, song? don't even remember. Did you I, think have like, a, I think it was like an Annie song or something like, yeah. or happy birthday, like something so dumb that I, this is like 15 years ago. I was but, waiting to hear like, uh, like your pull out of it. You know, it's like journey. Don't stop believing. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, I would love, now that would be my song. I've been watching Booty a lot lately. So that would totally be my song. But I, I did those things to give myself exercises to break out of my shell, but then to also be the fun person that I saw myself being in my head. So I love that you were saying, you know, give yourself a list of things that in your mind defines fun or what you, you envision as somebody being a fun person that you're not doing right now. And then you, if you can, you know, baby step back a little bit so that it's not as extreme as what that person who's worked on it for so long looks like. And then create lists for yourself every single week to try and check those things off your list. Like, I know this is completely different, but I have a list right now of things that I want to do before the end of the year. And I've already checked off three of them. And, it, and because that list has been created, it's something that I've told people about. They're going to hold me accountable for, and I am going to do it. And I feel great checking it off. And you can do that as well with being fun and wanting to be fun and playful. And I was going to say developing um, a sense of humor and a sense of playfulness is really important for attraction. Because if you look at it from a biological perspective, you know, back in caveman era, how did a man show that he could earn the attention of a woman? He would show that he was brave and take risks. And obviously we're not, you know, slaughtering bears now. So the biggest risk that you can take is to put yourself yourself out there, there. say something that you don't know how it will be perceived Mm -hmm. and risk Look, maybe looking, maybe looking stupid. And I mean, what's the worst that'll happen? And you know, if it's one day you say something kind of ridiculous and she looks at you funny and you don't go out with her again and then you know okay that was too far but if you don't like not to get too weird but I do yoga and I I do like crazy acrobatic stuff and um one of the things that I've worked on a lot are handstands and most people can't do handstands in class and that's because most of them don't go far enough they're still like trying to kick up trying to kick up and what I did was I took a class in falling the whole class, it was about how to fall safely. So and that is smart. Once you go past the threshold and then you realize, okay, this is too far. Now I know how far uh, I can go. And then you can find the, the median and then you can find out. You took a class in falling. You took a falling class. Isn't that such That's a beautiful idea? That's actually interesting. How to do yeah. it safely? Is that what it is? Like, Yeah, how to do it safely and how to get over your apprehension about what will happen if I fall, I'm going to break something. Yeah. And so there's so many times where I use yoga principles actually yeah. in, in dating and 
don't even realize it, just doing that class made me break through a fear that I had that I didn't even realize was there. And really, like, now, once you can do a handstand in the middle of the room, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Because I had that problem, too, in yoga class. I, I, I always want to do the balance on my arms, that thing where you go into the, the yep. headstand. Mm-hmm. And I kick up every time, and I think that I'm being fearless, but I just can't get it because there's, like, that little bit of fear in me that's like, I'm going to break my neck. Well, maybe you look over at somebody else and they're nailing it. And so then there's the comparison aspect of it, which again is a great place for yoga because the people that I really resonate with when I do yoga is they, they tell you to keep your eyes on yourself, that this is your time. And you know, everybody else has somebody, they called it your yoga. Mm -hmm. This is your yoga today. And maybe your yoga today is actually worse than it was yesterday, but this is just where you are when you're showing up. So you being able to do your, your acrobatics and your tricks and all those types of things. At one point in time, you could not do that. Yeah. And I was like, those people are crazy. I, just, you know, I'm one of those I would think people. they're assholes. But, I really but, would. I hate that. You set up ways to do it safely. So, you know, you, you put a blanket in front of where your face is eventually going to fall and you, or you figure out how to fall without hurting yourself yeah. or twe- tweaking your shoulder. And I think it's, it's the same thing in dating. Like you set up situations. So maybe you're on a practice date. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the girl, but and a lot of people say like, I'm so, I'm so the anti dating coach for women, but <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, I believe all's fair in love and war. And I think no, some people call me misogynist all the time. So I, I'm saying we're, pages, yeah. we're in, the, in the same boat, but, um, it's okay. I think for some dates to be practice dates that you are, you're, you're getting your game off. Some guys are like, I get one in every three months. Like I can't, <laughs> I it's one, so it's harder. I know, but then I think I, some I, of that is because you haven't you haven't taken the risk or you've set the bar too high for yourself. Yes, and most likely it is because of not taking the risk and putting yourself out there more. You would have more dates if you would go Just out more and work on certain things. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a contrarian idea. Mm-hmm. Look at that. You you expect less, get more. Yeah. Control less, get more. I know. Play more. Have a more and fun. Attract life. more people and attract more life. people and have fun. Yeah, on your own and be a happier person. And it's not to say you're not having a bad day, but it doesn't have to be all of that. Yeah. And exactly. if you're if you're really introverted, like my husband is actually a pretty pretty extreme introvert and shy or introverted. Introverted. I am too. He's the kind of person where he. If you uh, ask him a question, he has a lot to say, but he doesn't have to be the center of, of all the, the parties. Um, but he makes it a point to talk to people wherever he goes. So if he's at the grocery store, he begins a conversation with the checker. So that's a good, that's like the blanket in front of your, of your right. face plant. That's, I'm learning to interact with, with someone and volley back and forth without the risk of who cares? you're not asking the checker out on a date but it, it's it's a human interaction that's practiced for you and then you can escalate the the intensity yeah that's the baby step that you can take mm-hmm. that in all my programs i say start off by talking to people you're not attracted to have no you know plans of having a further interaction with them and then work your way up go to you know ugly girls and then two <laughs> and then really hot girls and work your way up and save grandmas you'll have so say. many friends after that yeah. all the all the ladies over uh, seven or eighty like fat man sitting at the <laughs> bus stop and then work your you know that's how you work your way up because it's not as intimidating for you and same thing with before you go on a date as you just said 
go to the grocery store and start a conversation with four people there so that your conversation muscle has started working. I want to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and ask, answer some questions uh, from Overanalyze This that people have sent in to us. So we'll be back in a second. Okay, so we are back. So here is the first question. Recently discovered the podcast and I've been listening. Oh, I do want to make one little note. So recently we have switched over to Wondery and we have had to unpublish a lot of our shows because how Wondery works, they have um, certain markers they need us to put into their shows or our shows so they can slot in some advertisements. Sorry for people who are listening. There are now advertisements in our shows, um, but which are fine. And I think you should listen to whatever the advertisements say. If you like them, then follow them and go get whatever we advertise about. But if you don't, then just, you know, skip them and listen to the rest of our podcast. Anyway, so... A lot of our shows have been unpublished because we have to go back and edit our shows. So don't be freaked out if you're trying to listen to our podcast and it says episode 209, but there's only 30 episodes there. We're slowly going back and editing our shows and uh, shortly all of those episodes will be back up and running. So you can listen to all four of the episodes we've done with Simona before if you want. Um, but yeah, don't, don't freak out in any way. Hey ladies and guests, recently discovered the podcast and have been listening to it nonstop. I recently am coming out of a two-year relationship and wanting to get back into the dating world. I admit I get pretty nervous when it comes to talking to people, let alone women I've never met before. I'm the person who thinks of all the negative scenarios that can happen if you're, you approach a girl in a bad, lame way. So I usually don't make the first move. I figured since trying to talk to girls in person isn't my biggest strength, I would try online dating which is great because it's a Demona's area of expertise. I signed up for Match.com and have begun sending messages to girls I seem to have common interests with and, of course, find attractive. It's been about a month now and I've messaged about 25 different girls and none of them have responded. I've tried the simple messages like, How are you doing? My name is Rodney. This is not a simple message, Rodney. That is a boring, horrible opening message. Um, to being a bit more descriptive, and he wrote descriptive incorrectly, so I'm guessing there's also some spelling errors in your messages to women, and there's been spelling errors throughout this email to me um, based on their profile. Everything has gotten me no kind of replies. <laughs> Are there any suggestions you have for the first message to send to get noticed and hopefully a response? Thanks, ladies, and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Rodney. Okay, Rodney. I'm looking right at you because you're the expert with this. Oh, yeah. I have, I have feelings. I have thoughts and feelings. On Good. <laughs> so if you are not getting responses online, you have one of two problems, and you'll have to examine both of these, Rodney. You either have a messaging problem or you have a profile problem. Yeah. So your profile, you, ha you have to remember your profile is still the most important thing. Your message is just pointing her to look at your profile, but if she doesn't like what she sees there, she's not going to write you back. So you want to make sure that you have uh, photos that have, I call them the three C's, color, context, and character. So color, you want to just be able to stand out in a lineup. Like ideally, Rodney, you'd like to have the women messaging you. And with so many guys online, using having a color that draws her eye to you in a lineup is the first way that you can stand out above the crowd. Context. This is telling your story through your photos. What kind of things do you like to do? What's your life about? Who are you? Who are you? That's your, your context. And then character is the thing that most people forget. And this uh, sort of dovetails with, with what we were talking about earlier. This is where you show that goofy, playful, funny side of you, that intellectual, 
quieter side that the thing that most people don't think of when they look at you that's where you show the character off in those photos and th so that is how you get someone to hook into your profile and see if they could can you give me an example so let's say it is somebody who is on the quieter side maybe an introvert as well um someone who really likes reading um not not super social but enjoys Intellect, their cave time. The, yeah, their cave time, their intellect, their hard workers. But I, I mean, mean, have you seen hot dudes reading? <laughs> I love that Instagram. Right. And, you know, that's is really, really an Instagram? Hot dudes reading. It's the hottest thing ever. It's <laughs> girl porn. It's amazing. It's like hot dudes reading on the subway. That is funny. And uh, the day and age we're in right now. I know, right? <laughs> so um, you know, maybe that's the picture with your glasses on, or maybe that's a picture with you know. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, maybe you met him at a book signing or something, and then someone will look at that and be like, oh, okay, he's into science-y stuff. What if it's you sitting on your couch? Like, how about, like, that, if, that's, if well. that's who you are, like, you, you're a homebody. Well, maybe it's a picture of you reading Harry Potter, and you happen to be a really big Harry Potter fan, and right. a girl who sees that will see the Harry Potter book, and that will be just be an instant connection. Right, okay. I heard one thing, <laughs> going off of that, I heard one thing, just be really passionate about whatever you're interested in. No matter what, if it's um, barbecue sauce, be really passionate about your barbecue sauce. Because I've had conversations. Uh, you know, uh, I was watching La La Land, and you see Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and they're having a conversation, and she could not care less, give a rip about jazz. And here he is, and I'm sure you ladies out there have your own opinion about Ryan Gosling, but... Oh, we do. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw that out there that you probably do. But he is so off the charts into jazz, and he infects her with it so that she has a hard time not appreciating it. And she he brings her into her world. Now, mm -hmm. she kind of wants to be brought in. But at first, they kind of hate each other. So he was very passionate about it. So maybe that's the, the part how that... Do you, how do you do that? And I, I completely agree yeah. with you, Adam. How, how do you do that in your profile without seeming over the top? Or you can still stick to who you are as a person. If you're not that truly passionate person, but you just like something, there's how something do you express that, that? There's something that you're passionate about. Okay. And I believe less is more. So, And I met my husband online a long time ago. 14 years ago, and I've been coaching singles on online dating almost since then. So I've seen it go through a lot of evolutions, but I maintain that really you only need about five photos to tell enough of your story to make her respond or write to you. And that's it. From then on, you're just driving to the first date. So now I think with the Instagram uh, society that we live in, everybody's like, oh, I can put 20 photos? I'm going to put 20 photos. <laughs> but what happens is that inevitably she'll see one thing that she thinks, oh, he looks kind of weird in that photo. Or like, why is he that into, what you say, barbecue sauce? Like, why, why is he that into barbecue yeah, why sauce? Why are there seven photos of barbecue sauce? Right? There's too much. Or then you start, like, I see guys putting photos of their cars. Like, we don't give a shit about right. your, your car being in your photo. We want to see what you are about, what your life is about. So it's not, it's not your timeline, it's not your Facebook timeline, it's your dating profile, and you have to be the star of your profile. And that being said, you also don't want to have pictures of other people in it, other guys that you hang out with. She might think, oh, he's 
He's hot. I would want to go out with him. Oh, but no, it's actually this guy. How no, many I find that a turn off when it's just them in their pictures. It's it's just confusing. It's a marketing thing, and that's the approach that I've always used with online dating. You are marketing the product of you. You are selling yourself for a date online, okay. and so you just don't want there to be any confusion, and especially like no ex girlfriends or cropped arm or <laughs> because you know how girls are. We start. We start envisioning and fantasizing, like, oh, who is that? And is she prettier than me? And you just don't want to send any of those messages. All you want to do is to get her to say yes to the date. Which brings me to the second issue that Rodney might be having, and that's in the messaging. You hit on, like, the exact things. Women will be very judgy. <laughs> they, will not, yeah. they will not forgive a, uh, a spelling error. So make sure you proofread. Mm-hmm. And you have to have something that engages her in a conversation. So the simplest... The simplest formula that I use is uh, have a response to something in her profile that you connect to, that you honestly connect to, and then follow it up with a question. And this is a question that actually gets her to respond and tell a story, not just, you know, do you like peaches? Yes. You know, <laughs> um, something that... I had one this morning. Did really? Yeah, see how we're engaging now? that about you. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so really looking at it as uh, a conversation initiator in the same way that we were talking about initiating conversation on the first date. And then just get offline as quickly as possible. Do not get stuck in what I call the texting trap. I actually have on my website the texting 10 commandments, and these are the rules that me and my podcast co-host who owns an app called Textbird, where people post their texting and related dating dilemmas, uh, we did this this training in this workbook on what are the rules for texting because that is now a necessary step in getting to the date, but you don't want to get stuck there and not move things forward because I've seen a lot of dates not happen because people blow it before they even get there over text. Well, when is it too, too soon to ask for a date? Like, what's the point that you are allowed to ask for a date? Um, I think the first email or text is too soon or chat. Um, I think once you've had a couple of exchanges back and forth, I think like the third exchange, like you, you write to her, she responds, you write back, she responds. And then that next exchange, your third message, I think that's anything so after by that. that point, you get a vibe from the other person and you can see what, what's going on with them. Right. Exactly. And if you, if you want to invite them into your lives and vice versa, if they want to say yes to invitation yeah you just gotta keep moving it forward because we don't need more pen pals and i appreciate someone like rodney who who looks at what he's done and says what got me here will not get me there Mm -hmm. so you know he has the courage to reach out and say this just isn't working because look at a lot of people out there they're not willing to say this isn't working so basically they'll do what they did when they first started dating maybe in high school and then rinse and repeat that all throughout their lives so this is a huge, courageous step that anybody that, and I've, I've listened to a lot of the questions that come in, and these are people that generally want answers. So it's kudos to you that they find a place in you that you guys, everyone that's been on the show has hopefully been able to help them. Yeah. One thing I did notice, you guys weren't reading the question, but Rodney had a lot of spelling errors. Um, and listen, I'm, I'm not trying to date you or nor would I want to after reading your email, um, but <laughs> there was a lot of spelling errors that for me makes me think you're stupid like that's the honest truth that as soon as i see those errors i'm sure you're you are absolutely not stupid or in a different anyway my my things that i'm thinking about you because there were so many speller spelling errors in there i know are actually not 
who you are. I'm trying to tell you that women who also see this in either a profile or in messages sent to them, if they see these same spelling errors, because either you're doing it on your phone or, or that's just how you type, um, it, it will instantly turn them off. I do some videos for Zeus and they had, what was their, their stats on this? It was like basically like 75% of women um, will immediately discard your message as soon as they see like a spelling error or some, something like that. But basically they're saying it's a huge turnoff for women. So not, you know, I'm not saying to run a spell check every single time that you do send something out, but be, go back and read it and just see if there are any spelling errors in there. If you don't have apostrophes or commas or maybe not commas, but if there are latent uh, grammar and spelling errors, that can be a huge strike against you. So I would deter you from doing it. It could be a, a sign of thoughtfulness. Because if you're just doing it really, really fast, then maybe you really haven't thought through your response. You might not have really connected with it. You're just trying to get it out as fast as possible. So maybe taking a pause and just reread it again, right? Go back to elementary school and do another pass on that paragraph. Yeah, just just double check yourself. Can I tell you something corny? Yes. My husband said that he took three days to send the first email to me. And he's a writer, so it makes sense. But he really wanted to make sure that he was choosing the exact words and he read it and then he had his roommate read it and then he reread it and then he thought about it for a day and then he sent it. And then I took two seconds to respond. I was like, when can I meet you? And I broke all of my rules. So this is going to be... Then it worked. <laughs> taking the time, taking three days because he responded so well. This is oh, going like to be one of my it. questions of who approached who then. So he approached you he first? He approached me. Okay. However, I, I coach women as well and I encourage women to send outgoing messages. I know guys are going to love this. Uh, and still, most women don't do it, but um, he happened to approach me. But I will say, I tried a lot of different dating sites. And on this particular site, I had sent many, many outgoing messages. And he was the only, he was the only one who wrote to me. And so I, I would say that also to encourage Rodney and the guys like them that just because you haven't gotten responses, like... Maybe if you fix your grammar and your profile has the three C's, it could just be that the profile, I mean, the, the website or, or dating app you're on is not the right fit for right. you. Or maybe it could be that it only takes one. And in this case, uh, it was the right one that wrote to me. How many yeah. sites are people on right now on average? So one person Active? would be on, would, would be, yeah, looking, I mean, is it, is it kind of like a combination of sorts? Are they on, say, Tinder and Match yeah. and... Uh, it's mainly the apps that they're on yeah. a lot of because they're free. Yeah. So it's easier to use. Like my neighbor across the street who's now not so recently single, but she's getting into the game. Every time she comes over here, she tells me about like a new app that she's trying. Mm. It was a spiritual one that she tried, and then she tried Bumble, and she went on Tinder, and she went on OkCupid, and then she went on to... She's going to have a lot of success on Farmers Only, though. I'm just going <laughs> to That's what I told her. I was like, sign up. But <laughs> the thing is, is that there is like a dating app for everybody. If you want something, if you're looking for specific types of people, you can find a dating app for it, and you can hopefully find people in your area. But you I would can. say like people are on at least five. Five. I would say most people have probably five apps. They on the show, but they're not necessarily active yeah. on all of them. So you might have a profile, but uh, usually there's there's two that they'll be checking and sending messages yeah. more frequently. I think that two is the right number because it doubles your chances, but it's not so overwhelming because yeah. if you're if you're getting a lot of messages or you're sending a lot of messages on three, four, or five apps, yeah, you're you're not 
paying attention and you're not being mindful and sending those messages and making sure that you have your punctuation correct. Yeah. But I did want to comment just on, on niche sites and apps though. Um, cause I did get a message from a client who was really frustrated with, um, I won't say the name of the site, but he was on a site that is very elite and a lot of people, um, it, it's got, it's gotten a lot of buzz lately, but there still aren't a lot of people there. And he said, no, oh, I did this great, he's voted into something like that. So he it's said, I did this great profile. I did not do his profile, but he said, I did this great profile and you know, I'm, I'm sending messages and, and, and I'm doing searches and nothing is happening. And I said, yeah, there's four people on the site. Yeah. There's four people on the site that are in your age range, in your area, you know, looking for what you're looking for. So you, if you're not, if, if that is a, a dead giveaway that you're on the wrong app, if you do a search and you know, 10 women show up, then that's not the right app for you right, right now. And maybe they just don't have critical enough critical mass to make it work for you and make it worth your while. Cause it does take time. Yeah. It I takes time that. if you're using apps. This is the, the thing that I, I think a lot of people don't anticipate with online dating. They think, Oh, it's just so easy. And look, my neighbor's going on all these dates, my friend, my roommate, but it really does take a lot of effort to turn each communication into a date. But I'm a big fan of online dating. And I think your dates often can be higher quality if you approach online dating with that sort of strategy and mindset. But it doesn't it doesn't replace also approaching people. Yeah, real life interactions. Out of the world. Exactly. Yeah, no, I completely I completely agree with you. Um, I want to do one more question before we end our show. So I like a girl, she is one year older elder than me. Someone told her that I want to talk to her. She replied uh, though that that person that she will talk to, what I should do, what I should talk to her first time, and how can I impress her, Trib? Okay. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> it's a girl that's one year older than him. Okay. And he wants to know how to talk to her. How does he start talking to her? And how does, how does he take that conversation into impressing? That's a huge thing for men. How do I impress a woman in 30 seconds or less? How do I let her know that I'm, you know, the goods? That's already right to the expectation thing again. Mm -hmm. He just wants to be the star of the show. He wants to nail all the points. He wants to be the man of her dreams. Mm Mm-hmm. That to me already seems like disaster. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It's a lot of mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah. So what about just going out and having fun, being curious, asking her some questions, mm-hmm. seeing if you guys like anything in common? Mm-hmm. I th- no, I completely agree with you. You know, and, and but and it's not about thing. impressing somebody. To be honest, like I understand if you go for an interview, yes, you want to impress people, you want to wow people. But if you go into it thinking I have to impress them or how do I impress them, that puts a lot of weight on your shoulders. So I try to re- reverse it. Um, and in your mind, if you can reverse it as well, how are they going to impress me? What am I looking for in order to be sort of like, Oh, okay, that person's cool. And how can I get that out of them? So exactly what Adam said, apply some curiosity and some fun to try and help bring that out of another individual while bringing it out in yourself. And that's how you can find that magical moment between two people. If they actually, if there actually is chemistry and using OSA, OSA is a really helpful tool to break into conversation with somebody as if you already know them. So you're cutting past that first five minutes of, you know, stupid chit chat with people and talking to them like you already know them as a human being. And then from there, something wonderful can possibly happen. It's good that he's, did he say that he's attracted to her in the, I'm sure he is. Okay. All right. So let's, someone already told her that he wants to talk. Okay. This, this girl's already prepped. Let's make the assumption. 
he lo- he's attracted to her, right? Yes. So that's a good sign because I have made the mistake in my past of trying to make an ideal in one way situation work. And that's the, when people say it, it works on paper, like everything lines up, good job, comes from, you know, da, 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 like list everything, right? So it's good that he's attracted to her, but at the end of the day, this is just another person. Yeah. And it's, it's really his job to find out if he wants to continue spending time with her. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's, you know, you're, you're coming at it from the other person's perspective of what are they looking for? And they've got all sorts of other things. And it, it is hard to have that all connect at the same time where you are a good match for the other person. But be honest, right? It, it kind of goes back to those fundamentals. You said listening. Listening is so key because all too often we're trying to figure out what the next words that we're going to say. Is he attracted to her? Yes. Playful? Yes. Um, be curious. Those are all the things. It, I wouldn't say that there's anything that he can say. It's more the the attitude and the habits that he's going to bring into it. So before you go talk to her, do like what Marnie's saying. Go out and practice OSA. Get good at that habit so that you feel it more natural. So that when you have this conversation with her, that you're not thinking, oh, I got to pull out my pad of paper. Okay, first step, oh, observe. Got it. Check. You know. But I mean, even if you did have a pad of paper and you did do that, that would be kind of funny. Yeah. Like, like right underneath like, the table? Hold on one second. Like, but you, you know? have to, yeah, you have to <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's harder to pull off. Yeah. No, but things like that can really help. I want to wrap up the show, but I, I just letting you guys know that we did a great job on communicating, how to communicate with other people. Um, Demona, how do people watch the show? I think it sounds fascinating. Thank you. It is fascinating. I'm excited uh, for everyone to see it on Tuesday nights on okay. FYI. If you don't have cable, you can also watch it on FYI.tv or on uh, iTunes or Apple TV. And uh, I also do the Dates and Mates podcast every week, so you can download that on iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Perfect. What's the show called? Dates and Mates? No. Oh, the other oh, show, show, A Question of Love. A Question of Love. Perfect. Oh, I can't wait. To just, I'm wait. just going to be a total scholar writing down all the questions that you're asking. Because, <laughs> again, really, I love I think it's a really questions. smart show. How do people listen to your podcast? That you can go to adamwayne.com, and you can find links to everywhere where it is. Okay, perfect. Adamwayne.com. All right, well, thanks, guys, for coming in. Uh, again, we are sending our best wishes to Kristen. We and, are. And um, I want to dedicate this show to the amazing Stevie Ryan, who has been on our show several times. Uh, and even though I didn't know her so well, I saw her a lot and she was an amazing woman and very impressive. And, you know, I, I had a hard time too, when I heard this news, I can't even imagine what Christian's going through. Um, and maybe if you're having a hard time too, let somebody that you care know about or, or just put it out to anybody. You might not even think that they care, but just let them know that you're, you're struggling and having a hard time because we miss her, I don't even know her, but it's a loss. Yeah, it's and a loss. and I'm looking at you, and I know that it's it's something that bothers you, and I know it bothers your co-host. Mm-hmm. And we are not as strong when something like this happens. So let's let's try and be there for each other. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful message. Uh, I I'm here for people if they want to reach out, and definitely reach out to Kristen for this. But um, you can listen to uh, the, their podcast. Which oh my, is it called Mentally Chill? I totally forget. But yeah, you can get to know her and just hear how wonderful a woman she was. Um, anyway, I'm going to get off of that sad note again. I have horrible transitions on that stuff. Um, but new episodes of the Aspen Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Don't be a loser. Don't download individual episodes and waste your time. Time that you could be spending interacting and talking to wonderful women. We will see you guys next week.